0: So can we just talk real, real quick about the native problem in Pan? Go on. They cast Rooney Mara as Tiger Lily. Yeah, one of the whitest people around. Yeah, which they got tons of flack for. Yeah. I mean, accurately. Because you're sure Ronan was busy. Yeah. (laughs) Because here's my real problem. The whole thing about, like, native tribes is they tend to be pretty homogenous This was the most ethnically diverse group of tribal (laughs) natives I have ever seen. There were Native Americans, white people, and Asians. Oh, and don't forget the chief was an aboriginal. Yes. Who was apparently Rooney Mara's father. Oh, that's... Yeah. Right? Yeah, no, that's... Because she was the princess? Probably, yeah, that checks out. Most importantly, listeners, this is where we find out that Rose is super racist, and hates all diversity. So you? Yeah. That was that was the problem was the ethnic mixing. I I don't approve of that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, mystery solved. <laughs> Welcome. To neverland. This is not the end of me. This is the beginning of not... If I'm going to trust you i need to know your name. It's Hook. The name's James Hook. The the little one, he wears the pan. The pan is our tribe's bravest warrior. Have you come to come me, Peter? I don't believe in bedtime stories. Hi, I'm Rose. I'm Hannah. And this is More Is More, the Bad Movie Podcast, where today we're talking about Pan, starring Hugh Jackman... Garrett Headland, Rooney Mara. The kid is Levi Miller. Levi Miller. He went on to be in a few things, but nothing I've really seen. Yeah, he's still pretty young. Most importantly, though, directed by Joe Wright. Yeah. And what, I don't know what he was thinking for this one. That's baffling. I um, like Joe Wright's <laughs> movies generally. Even the ones that aren't great are fine. Yeah. This but, was just terrible. Yeah, and he veered really solidly into just children's territory but being like really tone deaf about what makes a children's movie good yes it was just i think it shows why he shouldn't ever do children's movies he's not good at it he doesn't (laughs) understand it agreed i think for him it was like children's movies are black and white and cartoonish in their portrayal of all things but also include things like child labor and mines. There were some interesting storylines for a children's movie that we will get into. (laughs) Yeah. So let's just get into it. (laughs) Uh We open with voiceover, of course. I'm going to tell you a story about a boy who would never grow up. About the pirate who wished to kill him. About the island where fairies roamed. But this isn't the story you've heard before. Because sometimes friends begin as enemies, and enemies begin as friends. Sometimes to truly understand how things end, we must first know how they begin. Can I just say, I love that the first thing this movie does is try to justify why it exists, <laughs> because they know that it's really stupid to have a Peter Pan prequel. And this is a really dumb prequel. Like, it doesn't actually make much sense in the context of the the J.M. Barry story. You no, know, it in fact raises more questions than it answers, but yeah. yeah. So, the person who's narrating this, I'll just say right now, is also the woman that is clutching the baby and running through the nighttime streets of London. Her name is Mary. It's Amanda Seyfried. Yeah. It's weird that she's narrating this, as we'll discover later on. It's super weird. I never even put that together that that was her. But I guess they just felt like they really needed their narration to justify its existence. Yeah. So. <laughs> So Mary leaves the baby outside a boy's home with a pan flute necklace around his neck, and which will immediately fall off, or possibly just like choke the child. It's It was a weird choice. You shouldn't have done it. Also, they wouldn't have let him keep it. They do, though, apparently. Okay. We'll get into which that. Which is shocking. And but. Uh, also a letter tucked into his blanket. Then she tells the baby, named Peter, that she loves him and then leaves. I really wished that she had called him some totally different name And just didn't write it in the letter, and so then he got renamed. That that would be better. I like that. I love you so much, Gerald. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So, 12 years later, in World War II London, Peter and his orphan friends, well, really just the one friend, Nibs, go down to a depressing breakfast served by super mean nuns. Yeah, I'm glad that we're not here to take a nuanced look at stereotypes. That's not what I signed up for. No. See, I would say that these nuns were, like, comically terrible, except that they were trying for comic, and it didn't work. Yeah. So they were just, like, painfully terrible. Yeah. Agreed. It, it was ridiculous. It was I mean, ridiculous. yeah, they were like, they were mean, they were fat, they were super pale, they had terrible teeth. They probably, like, spit when they talked, if I had just had a big enough screen to see it on. Like, it was really, it, it was awful. <laughs> it was, and it wasn't funny, the way they thought it was. No, it was cartoonish. Yeah. And also, there's only apparently, like, two nuns, and they're both the worst. <laughs> so. <laughs> well, they don't have time to be anything but the worst. They were taking care of a lot of kids. <laughs> they did have, like, 50 boys there. She also had a lot one. of a lot of mean rejoinders prepared that were just surprisingly specific and condemning. Yeah. Uh, she worked at it, you know, well, it was just yeah. like negligence. Well, when they, she's like, get up there and clean the clean, clean the gutters. And they're like, is it safe up there? And she's like, well, I don't know. I haven't been up there myself, but all the paperwork is in order in case an orphan should die. Yeah. You're like, that's so weird that you would tell kids that like you don't have to just tell them to get up there they'll yeah. still do it and i really feel like a nun that was that bitter and awful probably wouldn't have a lot to do with the orphans day to day she would no. just be the one that was in charge running the other nuns who would deal with the orphans yeah that's not the case though we don't have enough budget for more nuns i <laughs> not gonna hire a maintenance guy or a janitor Peter and his friend Nibs talk some about how the boys like some of the boys are missing and they're like, oh, well, they've been evacuated. And to yes. Canada. Nib says this with such authority. He's like, oh, so-and-so and so-and-so were evacuated. And, and Peter's like, well, when did they go? And he's like, well, I don't know. I didn't see them leave. I'm like, how do you... Where did you come up with they were evacuated to Canada? That is so specific. And you apparently didn't see them leave, didn't talk to them. Where did you get this from? It's also completely insane that you would assume that somebody paid to have family lists. I assume... Orphans evacuated to Canada. But also, only like two of them. Yeah. But no, I mean implying that somebody personally cared about those oh, yeah. specific orphans and was like, oh, well, you know what? The sport is getting serious enough. Let's get yeah, Dave or and like ben I only yeah, I only need a couple orphans here in Canada. Just then, whatever too. Yeah. They yeah, it, and also they would be evacuating them just like two at a time anywhere. Like it was weird because they they've been saying that or- more and more of these orphans have gone missing. And I get it. A lot of this stuff with the things that some of the kids say, you're like, wow, really? And I know that in real life, that probably would be pretty realistic because they're kids and kids are dummies. Let's just face that. But in a movie, you're like, well, I wish that you hadn't said that. So, but Peter says that he doesn't want to get evacuated. He needs to stay put so his mother can find him. Seriously? This has been 12 years You've yeah. never even heard from your mother. We will find out you never read the letter. They let you keep the necklace somehow, even though these are the worst nuns on the face of the planet oh, who I would know. steal their mother's own gold teeth if it would get them a Yeah, buck. they're like keeping rations from the children. Yeah. So like you have so sure you don't know anything about your mother, but you've decided she's gonna come get you. Like there's no boy. That would believe that. Yeah. I, yeah. It would be one thing to be like, no, because somebody's going to adopt us. But like, just say your mother's coming back for you when no one has encouraged this belief in you. Yeah. You wouldn't. <laughs> we see some more of the nuns like just being the worst. And we find out that the mother superior is stealing the boys' rations. And so during the bomb raid... Hang on, how do we find that out? Is it because they're snooping around the room and then, like, real detectives, they look around and they're like, oh, it's filthy in here. Wait, why is the statue of the Virgin Mary so clean? And I'm like, I don't know why it would be clean. Why would somebody clean the entire statue all the time just because you turn its nose and then this trap door opens? Yeah, so they actually find out because... Nibs wildly speculates that the rations have been stolen. The mother of the superior is stealing the rations. Right. And she, because he sees her like eating something, he's like, see, I knew it. She's stealing the rations. And I'm like, or she's just eating stuff that you're not. Because they're like, we always have bacon rind on the weekend. And I'm like, I'm sorry, but it is World War II when you were orphans. You probably weren't getting bacon rind at this point. Well, for real, a lot of rationing was in, especially in England. Well, especially for orphans. I mean, yeah. like, there was a food chain and you were toward the bottom of it yeah so you in a sense you were just like super lucky you were getting gruel every day oh yeah probably filling and nourishing even if it wasn't tasty so then they like during a bomb raid they break into mother superior's office to find these rations and that that's the whole like oh if we turn the virgin mary's nose which i'm like who constructed this yeah like it's a statue of the virgin mary super far away from the trapdoor. but if you turn her nose already a weird one Then this trap door opens to a massive basement area. Oh, yeah. What were you hiding? Priests down there? Like, well, come on! So many food stores, also that you're like, these nuns couldn't even eat all of this. No, there's no way they got those from stealing rations. No, and yeah, they wouldn't. There's two nuns; they wouldn't yeah. have been able to eat it all. Who was sending you pots of marmalade? <laughs> yeah, but they also find the records down there. Oh, and a chest of gold. I mean, like a chest of gold coins. Oh, yeah. So, like, that is somewhat plot relevant, although still ridiculous. Like, what are they going to do with gold coins? Um, Yeah, it's ridiculous because they're not spending them either. No. And you would think that they would spend them and then live nicer. You could just say that they came from benefactors. Well, yeah. Or if you had that much money and you were just the worst nun on the face of the planet, you would just run away from your vows. Absolutely. What would you care? You're clearly a selfish, terrible human being. Like, take your gold and run. Or hire more nuns. Get, get more people in there to do your work for you. Yeah. There's a lot of adults that make really bad decisions about, like, what to do with their resources, yeah, as we'll find that's out. That's true. So, in the records, Nibs basically immediately finds Peter's record, which includes the letter his mother wrote to him, which he's never seen, him, seen before. Yeah. It is baffling to me that the nuns kept this letter was it a previous nun and like the mother superior the current mother superior had never gotten around to getting rid of it all maybe that's what it was that would explain a lot right (laughs) there was a good nun and then like she retired or whatever and this awful one took her place yeah we find out he's dyslexic when he tries to read the letter because that's important but the letter is just like general like you're super special kind of yeah banal, i love you so like, much and you don't you, know how special you are and you won't understand why i wish that i could be with you but i can't yeah which i immediately was like oh like she had an affair with a married man or something like right, that's what i thought <laughs> you'll come find <laughs> me one day case. in a land far away from here but yeah well i'll see you again in this land or the next or, the, or, or another. Another, another oh yeah yeah that's what he and and he reads a lot into that line I know it's like 100% like you would be like in this world or another you would think here or in the afterlife that's always what you would think yeah no not him nope yeah but it's in general a pretty dumb letter the mother superior finds them as they're leaving because she notices they're not there during a bomb raid okay the bomb raids are like serious they're treating them like they're just nothing like they're fire drills yeah But no one's paying any attention to so because she comes out to the office to find them and she finds them as they're leaving she sees that he has the letter so which she instantly recognizes yeah i I know know. and so then she tells she tells him very meanly and specifically that even though all orphans dream that they're special he's super duper not and then she rips up the letter gleefully (laughs) well she's a nun She's running an orphanage. (laughs) Yeah. In World War II England, which I thought was a weird setting for this, considering it's like 40 years after the play was done, but okay. Later that night, Peter and Ibs are talking, and Peter decides the real reason that orphans are going missing is because the Mother Superior is selling them. Because of the chest of gold. They're like, right. oh, 100%, they're selling orphans. I'm like, who do yeah. you think is paying gold coins for orphans? Yeah, or- orphans are so valuable. I'm confused, though, because couldn't they just do that legally? They could. Why it would, would they have to, Why would they have to do it, you know, underground? Like... Well and I would understand it if they didn't like Want a paper trail or something although I'm like you know If this many orphans are going missing at this Orphanage people would start to notice At a certain point like there would be questions that Would be asked you can't act like Just because it's the war it's not like they have No oversight at all Well yeah yeah like one Orphan going missing at some point isn't a Big deal but like this is like You're all she's also gonna at some point Be asked why she never said Anything yeah like, well, they just went missing and I didn't know what it was. Okay, not but just did you they ran away. tell anybody that it was nope. happening? Sure didn't. Yeah, so, and then they're like, but who would buy orphans in the middle of the night? And I'm like, look, if you were illegally buying orphans, you do it in the middle of the night. Yeah, like, I'm going to do it at tea time. <laughs> yeah, come on, man. This is the innocence of children, I guess. Yeah, these kids are so dumb. Yeah. So Peter and Nibs decide to spy on the Mother Superior that night, and they see her raising a Jolly Roger flag... But then, for no good reason, they decide they're going to go back to bed. That's insane. I have to say, some of the things that you're saying are new to me because I kind of, like, this movie was so boring that I kind of forgot I was watching it at times. This wasn't, like, the first ten minutes. I I know, but then I would, like, realize that I needed to watch the movie and, and be like, okay, I don't think I missed anything. Okay, well, in all fairness, I can't figure out... That If they decided to go back to bed because they didn't see her raising the Jolly Roger flag and that was just us that was being (laughs) shown that because I never went back to check. But either way, it is a weird choice to both show us that and then have them decide just they're just going to go back to bed. Nothing weird going on here. But behind them, we see pirates being lowered from the ceiling and snatching kids up from their bed. And they take, like, all of the children. Yeah. This is important, and I want you to remember it down the road. We see this. There is screaming going on, so all of the boys would be awake. And they're taking, like, all of them. Yeah, they're taking a lot. They're you know the time for subtlety has passed apparently also one of the pirates is a scary clown and oh it makes that so me weird. so angry that was just bizarre and like now you're just trying to make scary weird carnival things i know just in case we wanted to know that these are bad pirates but like but also whimsical yeah he didn't look like a pirate at all that was no, he so was weird and seriously, we see him just like dead scary clown yeah and we see him multiple times over the course of this i movie. know they were really proud of that one also, I just think that it's ridiculous. Like, I don't even understand the nuns selling the orphans to these pirates. Like, that is never explain. Even find out about this. Like, <laughs> what was the dark web that they were able to connect on? Yes. Like, I have orphans for sale. We need orphans from a magical fairy tale land. <laughs> if you just fly a Jolly Roger flag, we'll drop some gold on you and take some children. Yeah. Also, why were they being subtle about selling them before? These pirates from Neverland wouldn't care what happened the nuns just take all the children and leave that's what i was wondering there's no way they would actually pay them well okay i guess it's possible that then they keep getting more orphans into the orphanage oh, and it's just like a constant supply. supply okay i could see that so they're taken onto a flying ship which is the pirate ship of mm-hmm. course nibs jumps off the side of the ship and escapes but peter is somehow not killed i yeah i know at this point who cares <laughs> the ship is then fired upon by Germ- by english planes who thinks it's the germans how What kind do you think some kind of war madness has come upon you and you're seeing pirate ships in the sky? Well, at a certain point, they do. There's somebody's like, This doesn't look like a plane, it looks like, but at that point, I super didn't care. (laughs) But it still goes on for a while, I guess, because they felt they needed something exciting to happen right now. So there's a bit of a chase scene, and then the ship flies through space into the magical world of Neverland. Okay, before that though. They're knocking around Peter Pan because he's being feisty, and someone's like, "Oh, don't hurt them! They're precious. He's precious cargo." <laughs> and he's like, "Really?" And he's like, "Someone thinks you are." And he's like, "My mom?" And I'm like, "Yeah, your mom sent a bunch of space pirates to come get you." I know. That just, the pirate just laughs and like kicks him. And also, or she wanted all the other orphans too. <laughs> yeah. And In fact, she wanted some kids before you. Yeah. It, that was weird plus a bunch of airmen died because they were so stupid <laughs> that they just went straight up in the sky going after this thing <laughs> until their wings froze off or like burned off And but no don't worry we saw them get out in, in their parachutes so we know they're fine Dude, you're not fine. You're parachuting into an active bombing situation. And also... Over a city. You're 100% done. And also over London. Like, where are you going to land? So in Neverland, the first thing they see is a crowd of workers at a mine singing bafflingly Smells Like Teen Spirit. I was over this in 10 seconds. I was like, this has gone on a long time for one thing. We we get a ton of it. it. And also, I'm like, this is what every (laughs) child wants in their movie is 90s grunge rock as sung by minors. I know. No kids are going to get that. Yeah. And. And it's not a catchy song for children. It isn't. And it was just kind of dumb. It's kind of lame. I was like, I don't want any more of this. I know we are going to get this. This can't be the only time we have modern songs incorporated as pirate shanties. <laughs> I don't want to see it. <laughs> but don't worry. It barely happens. So it real really sticks out like a sore thumb. And then Hugh Jackman starts singing. And I forget. why I taste oh yeah, I guess. It makes me smile. I found it hard. So hard to find a world, whatever. Never mind. I know, so then we're introduced to Blackbeard, who's the the head pirate and mine owner. Yeah, and I can't tell I mean he is speaking of cartoonish. He's and like dressed I've, like kinda of like a duck. Yeah. It, there's some tail feathers situation going on. Yeah, he also is dressed like like a man in, <laughs> in drag as a man. Yeah, he. I mean, he's, he's got, like, really white makeup on, and he's got a black wig. and Yeah, red tights. And I can't tell if he's supposed to be scary or if he's supposed to be hilariously ineffectual. And I think somehow they were shooting for both at once. <laughs> and it didn't work. Yeah. They kind of dressed him like he was supposed to be super ineffectual, but, like, the dialogue and... His acting were supposed to be scary So yeah there was a a failure To (laughs) communicate at some point During this movie just just the one though So it's fine um And he, yeah, he joins in at the end of "Smells Like Teen Spirit" I'd because at, do you remember like, how he got his start as a Broadway person. So, like, we just need to get him singing a oh little. My bit. goodness, it wasn't good. I'm sorry. I never wanted to see Hugh Jackman sing "Smells Like Teen Spirit" <laughs> or no. anything else, honestly, outside of "Les Mis." I liked that. No, this was the point when watching this movie the first time. As I was like, "This is just the worst thing I've ever seen," and it was the "Smells Like Teen Spirit" that yeah. did it because it was so ridiculously out of place. And I don't actually object to modern songs being inserted as like. Musical numbers and no. other things, but like this was just s- the worst song choice they could have made. It was weird. Yeah, so then Hugh Jackman gives a super pompous speech about his great benevolence, which includes one of my favorite lights of all times. Those who work with bright, honest vigor will be rewarded with prizes and trophies and confectionery. <laughs> <laughs> Just I love it. It made my whole day. Seeing, I mean, it was almost worth this movie existing, but not really. But it was really amazing. It was definitely the best part of the movie. Nice. But then he sets them all to work in the mines. On Peter's first day of work, he asks Smee, who's his supervisor. What? The, and this is the other problem with this movie, is they're having to keep insert inserting references to the Peter yeah. Pan story that we know. Right. Which felt really forced and awful. It did. And also, all I could think when I looked at this guy was like... Here's a young masjibrani. <laughs> yeah. So he asks me, his supervisor, what they're mining for, and he explains they're mining fairy dust, also known as pixum. Okay. Now I have a whole bunch of things to say. <laughs> That's unlike you. I know, right? I first need to know why Fairy Dust has, like, a street name. Why can't it just be called P- Fairy Dust? Why does it also need to be called Pixum? big underground trade, man. It's weird. It's, it's, like, a weird choice. Because, for one thing, they had to tell us what it was called. But there's all other sorts of fairy things that are just called fairy whatever. So, like, why not Fairy Dust? Pixum is not saving you that much time. <laughs> <laughs> Another thing that I really need to say is... It is disturbing to me that fairies release so much fairy dust that it can literally be mined from the land. That's weird to me. I don't understand how it ended up in pockets of hard rock as As hard rock as crystals. I don't understand how that happened. Yeah. And I'm just like, do you guys just secrete this wherever (laughs) you live? And then it just becomes part of the landscape because that's like that's disturbing to me because fairies aren't that big. They're tiny. They're like, you know. Yeah, they're very small. They're they're as small in this movie as they were in the original play, where he was played by a flashlight. Yeah. So, how much fairy dust does a fairy have to be secreting at any given time? This I mm, or like maybe there were just so many fairies. Even then, though. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's implied that it's like over a long period of time and stuff. But I'm just like, I don't. Well, it had to be inside the rock. Oh, yeah. And also, what is this fairy dust that it will crystallize? I know. It raises a lot of questions. Yeah. And... (laughs) uh, Oh, my gosh. And it apparently its effectiveness exists long after it's crystallized, Mm -hmm. and fairies don't need to be around for it, and no one knows why Blackbeard wants the pixum. Ask too many (sighs) questions, you'll get killed. Well, yeah, but we find out why he wants the pixum. It i mean spoiler alert even though it doesn't really matter at all they could have just told us now it makes no difference to the plot that he wants it because it makes him young like it will basically grant him immortality if he keeps taking it because it will rejuvenate him and i guess my other question is how much of this stuff do you need for that good lord you're one man (sighs) Apparently a lot. But my thing is, if you spend your all these years mining for something, you would figure out that you're aging, that you're not aging or you're aging more slowly. Like people would know what fairy dust could do for you just because they were being exposed to it every day. That's true. Yeah. So it doesn't make sense that no one knows why Blackbeard wants it. Also, Blackbeard is mining this because he wants to live forever. But you should have sung that fame song. Missed opportunity. Yeah. Uh, This 100% was not a musical, (laughs) so it would have been better if they'd included more songs or none. They didn't make that decision, though. (laughs) Um, No. So he wants to live forever, but my thing is, like, he's spending his entire life at this mine, supervising this mine. That's where he wants to be, man. Did you (laughs) see all the singing? I know. So I'm like, he he has everything he needs. He has his weird feathers (laughs) in his hat. His uh, crow feathers all over the place, his red tights, his fancy shoes, a bunch of kids to yell at. Yeah. And I was just like, how could he want to live forever and yet his entire life is going to be spent mining for (laughs) Pixum? That sounds terrible. Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, he's insane. Well, he was. Actually, he was at his best when he was delivering insane dialogue. Yeah, agreed. Pan, while he's down in the mines, also meets a fellow miner who is dressed a lot like Indiana Jones and is also an adult male somehow. Oh my goodness. Well, there are adult males in here. Okay, so here's the deal. Here's more than one, except all the rest of them look like they're 1920s hobos. Oh, so the deal... Okay, so the thing about Neverland is that you never grow up there. But Blackbeard says that he's been kidnapping orphans from all over the world from all different time periods, which means that this guy was kidnapped... When he was an orphan somewhere. Mm hmm. But he is now a grown man. Yeah. How was it that only selective people grow up in Neverland? So, did they ever bring that up in this movie, though? No. Yeah, they didn't want to address it. Again, he has been working at a Pixum mine for 20 years. Yeah. He would not be that old if Pixum <laughs> does what it's supposed to. Well, first plot hole. I'll give it to him. Yeah. Especially because the other thing is, in the the original story, as far as my recollection goes, it's never implied that fairy dust is the reason they aren't growing up. Fairy dust makes you fly. It makes you fly. That's what I thought. I thought it was going to be like, well, our ships have to fly around. That would be better, actually. And it would free up a lot of Blackbeard's time for just global domination within Neverland, which also seems to be a point he wants to make. So the fellow miner who's dressed like Indiana Jones, who we will later find out is Hook, Played by Garrett Headland. Yeah, he's taciturn to turn into unfriendly, but surprisingly helpful for yeah. as much as he's like, I'm not here to help you and I don't like you and we're not friends, but also let me help you out. He is the guy that's like, I don't want anything serious. Um, you know, I don't want to really like date anyone, but like, I just want to have fun. And then he shows up with roses and a necklace and like, then is confused as to why the girl thinks that they're dating. Yeah. And he's like, What well, I told you. Uh, I already said that. Mixed messages, Hook. Yeah. I don't care. I don't care about you at all after he sharpens his thing and says, don't do it like that. You're going to break your wrist. Yeah. I have probably eight notes about Garrett Headland. They are almost entirely (laughs) appearance-related, and most of them are about his teeth. (laughs) I don't know if you noticed that his face is 40% teeth, (laughs) and... He acts teeth first. <laughs> and I mean that physically. Like, he puts his teeth out first. And oh he's like, you know how Ewan McGregor has this great smile and he, like, shows a lot of teeth and he's got a big smile? Uh-huh. That's good. But <laughs> any more than that and it's bad. And Garrett Hedlund is like that on steroids. And it's terrible. So, I guess maybe another day in the mines... We see Peter again, and he finds some pixum, but it's stolen by another miner, and Peter gets in trouble when he calls the miner a liar.
1: This is a very weird weird scene.
0: What? It didn't matter at all. I don't know why they care about who gets credit for the pixum. I don't know why you care either. I I guess for the (laughs) confectionery. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Confectionery! Also, I don't know why you wouldn't just say, hey, lying kid, get back to work. Yeah. You went to a lot of trouble to get these things. Everybody's acting like they're so disposable and all this stuff. And I get that. But at the same time, you did have to make a trip to England. But they're, they're implying them. that they kill one a day, as an example, <laughs> to the other miners. That's true. But they killed... And that's a lot. They killed three today, though, as we'll see. Yeah. And you can't just be going through kids at a rate like that. No, you, you crazy person. Is there lead in your makeup? <laughs> Yeah, so the mine foreman or whatever takes him him before Blackbeard, who for some, like, or goes to Blackbeard with this problem, who apparently deals with all mine squabbles personally. personally. (laughs) Well, he's ready for it. He's like, who are we making an example of today? Yeah, well, yeah, and he's dealing with this in between attacks by the natives. Yes. That he's got, that like, he's a battle plan. 40 of his best men, too, so let's just execute some people for no reason on this end. Dude! Yeah, also, there's how many a pirates reason, do you have? I don't know. Definitely not enough. You're not getting 40 more in however much time, but there's a reason that you're stuck here at a mine yelling at kids all day. Like, yeah. you're terrible at management. He really is. Blackbeard takes Peter and a couple of other ones, like, a couple of other miners to make examples of, up uh, To some like area where all the other miners can (laughs) see it. I guess this was like the break time. All the miners were there to cheer (laughs) this spectacle on. They they still get an hour for lunch, you know. Yeah, so they're like super into it and they're cheering and singing Blitzkrieg Bop. Ah! What's going on? What do you think? this is the last time we'll have a musical rendition in this movie that's performed by the actual cast rather than just background music so goodness definitely glad that this wasn't weird and and off-putting blackbeard makes a whole big speech and then peter's pushed off the plank but it turns out he can fly Kind of. Or at least float for a while yeah. before falling to the ground. So he, you know, he doesn't die. He's not hurt. Yeah. So then he wakes up and he's in Blackbeard's, like, on a couch in Blackbeard's office. And Blackbeard gives a super weird speech about Neverland, a Black Sea, and death. Neverland is a dream from which you never awake. Ever had that one? A dreadful nightmare you know is not real, but your sleep is so heavy, so deep, so delicious, that you just can't wake up, drowning in sleep, slow dream, drowning in the soft black sea. Do you know that sea, Peter? It's death, boy, murmuring to you." Which rightly creeps Peter out. But not enough to prevent him from eating the chocolates that are offered to him. That was crazy. If somebody had said all of that nonsense to me and then said, do you want some chocolate? I would not have eaten it. I would have said, no, it's 100% filled with arsenic. I know, and he eats one, and then his eyes get real big, because I'm assuming he's never had chocolate before. His eyes get real big, and he just starts cramming them in his mouth. And I'm like, this is what happens, like, right before you get turned into a donkey or something Absolutely. in a movie. Like, it was, it, nothing, nothing bad happened, but 100%, like, it set me up to think that something terrible was going to happen to him from eating all these chocolates. Agreed. So Blackbeard then tells Peter about an old prophecy about a boy who could fly. The boy would be born of a fairy prince and a human woman taken from Neverland and then return to lead an uprising against Blackbeard, which does make me wonder how long Blackbeard has been there. That This prophecy was specifically about him. Yeah. And Peter's like, oh, I don't believe in bedtime stories. He's like, do you believe this? And he's like, I don't believe in bedtime stories. I'm sorry, this is the boy who for 12 years with absolutely no encouragement believed that his mother was going to come up from nowhere and take him back. And then as soon as space pirates showed up, was like, my mom sent these guys. You 100% (laughs) believe in bedtime stories, child. Also, this isn't a bedtime story. This is not a bedtime story you have shown up with. It's not bedtime right now. You're being told this by a space pirate. (laughs) I don't, after you found out you could fly, I don't understand what your deal is. (laughs) This was so obviously just so it could be in the trailer. Yeah. So Blackbeard bafflingly decides to lock Peter up in a jail rather than executing him. He is killing off kids left and right. But one kid shows up who's probably the one that was prophesied to bring him down. And he's like, I'll just keep him in a dungeon. Yeah. You know, in case we need him later. What? In case we need him to kill me later. Yeah. So weird. Thankfully, his fellow miner in the Indiana Jones hat shows up, like, mines his way, I guess, to the dungeon. No one notices. Minds his way to the dungeon pretty quickly, too, and tries to talk him into helping him with an escape plan. Because now that he knows that Peter can fly, he has this whole big escape plan that involves like stealing one of the ships, the flying ships. And I don't know, this was another scene where I was like, I know you put this in here because you thought something exciting should happen, but like, I, and you need to get them out of this place. But I'm like, I super don't care about anything that's happening right now. I don't care about either of these characters. I don't care about your plan. It wasn't well explained, and I'm having a hard time following it as it unfolds before me. So, so much of the movie was that though yeah I and mean, that's why there there's was a so lot of much, busy work there's a lot of stuff going on but it was so boring it felt like we just needed to fill time so yeah. this stuff happened it didn't I know. feel interesting. it just felt like we gotta have something to put in your movie <laughs> yeah. and you know that's the problem with prequels like this is that they have an endpoint that you already know yeah and so you're trying to get there which by the way they don't even get us anywhere that we know of I know this is so tangentially a prequel yeah it, it's not even it's almost like a side story it could almost be about different characters oh 100 could be about different characters yeah in fact it should have been it should have been yeah so peter basically agrees to help hook break out uh he introduces himself as james hook which is ridiculous i refuse to (laughs) believe that captain hook's uh, name was originally (laughs) hook before he got a hook for a hand i refuse to believe that art imitating life i know (laughs) Peter agrees to help him only if he'll help Peter find his mother. I'm sorry, kid. You are in a dungeon controlled by a crazy man who thinks that you're one day going to kill him. How long do you think you're going to last if you don't break out with someone? Yeah, right? Best case scenario, you're going back to the mines. Yeah. It works, though, because Hook is like, fine, whatever. I'll help you find your mom. And... Also, Smee decides to go with them, because he's friends with Hook, and he's like, I don't like it here either, so they all decide to break out together. Yeah. I didn't care. But of course, things don't go as planned, because Peter, as it turns out, is afraid of heights, and not confident in his flying skills. Yeah. But thankfully, he uses his cleverness to get them aboard Blackbeard's ship, and they sail away. Blackbeard, hearing about all this after the fact, is concerned that if Peter makes it to the natives, they'll lose the war. Again, which is why he should have killed Peter. Come on, get it together, man. (laughs) There's a bit of a chase scene with two flying ships that causes Peter, Hook, and Smee to crash the ship onto just some part of Neverland. Then we cut to an insanely old man who puts on a gas mask inhales fairy dust and turns into blackbeard and this is when we learn that the reason he wants the pixum is to keep him young forever and he's like super like how does this happen like what is it like five minutes you turn into this shriveled old raisin and you have to inhale (laughs) fairy dust like it only happens when no one's around to see the transformation like this doesn't make any sense what a weird way to have the aging process and anti-aging work that's crazy <laughs> and and again it's not plot relevant like it never becomes plot relevant that he's actually a super old man that's keeping himself alive on fairy dust that's why I or never, that it keeps you young like no one else ever uses it no one ever discovers why blackbeard's using it that's why even though i would miss stuff i never rewound because it never mattered yeah it doesn't at all Back with Peter and Hook, they find a map that shows them where the tribal territory is. That's just on the ship, I guess, because ships have maps. Hook doesn't want to help him. He's totally going to go back on his word that he, I guess, kind of gave. I don't know. But when Smee speculates that the natives might reward them with a ship for bringing them the chosen one, he decides to tag along. Also, do the natives have flying ships? Are flying ships just like a commodity that everyone has in Neverland? I don't know. I feel like we never see the natives have one. We don't see them with any form of transportation. Yeah, on their feet. I don't know. <laughs> they do Maybe they don't ears. know that though. Yeah, I don't know. That night, as they're reminiscing around the campfire about their lack of parents, like you do, they're attacked <laughs> by a couple of never birds, just little like giant skeleton birds that are also apparently super with evil some feathers unclear they seemed more hapless than anything else to me but they were definitely attacking unprovoked and everyone was like never birds run for it and i never saw them once be dangerous either right Um, and it made me feel like were never birds a thing and some other story of peter pan that we needed to bring them up i can't remember it just seemed confusing to me (laughs) yeah They run away, but Smee is grabbed by one, and then they hear the sound of drums, native drums, and Tiger Lily and some of the other natives come to rescue them. Hook tries to talk to them, but Tiger Lily just punches him in the face, like a lady, (laughs) and takes them all captive. Don't worry, his teeth are undamaged. (laughs) That was my primary concern. Yeah. Also, Rooney Mara as Tiger Lily is wearing the most insane looking headdress. It's the worst thing I've ever seen. I didn't like and it I at all. I have seen Her- Garrett Hedlund's teeth. <laughs> also, yeah. once again, this tribe was too ethnically diverse. I don't care which ethnicity you choose. Just choose one and stick with it. This is a small group of people that are supposed to be native to the land. Like one group. Stick with it. So it's not that you're racist, it's that you don't like race mixing. Yes. Okay. That was the issue. Yeah. Which is why I hate Peter Pan so much, (laughs) as we'll find out. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) I have nothing against it personally, it's just... uh, It's it's just fairies and abomination. Also, Rooney Mara was just really boring. She was. This I, part could have been played by anyone. Tiger Lily yeah. was just a boring character. But to be fair, it every she, character in this movie was boring. So Yeah, but she also brought no charisma to the role. No, she didn't. So when Hook wakes up, he's upside down, surrounded by singing natives. Was this a song? I didn't recognize this song. Although, again, this would have been a perfect place to have another song that yeah. we recognize. Yep. But as far as I could tell, it wasn't. And I didn't check any more than that so who knows yeah it's hard to care that much yeah tiger lily explains to hook for some reason he's the only one hanging upside down even though they also have Smee and peter pan but i guess they were like this guy is the one who's gonna have to fight for everyone else tiger lily explains he'll have a chance to win their freedom by defeating their greatest warrior the pan so dumb i hated that i know I wasn't sure if you could tell by by my voice how much I hated that. Or your face, yeah. It just feels like trying to reinvent the wheel uh, when you're like, oh, and this is why his name is like this, and this is why this happened, and this is why this happened. Well, especially he can do this, right? Especially when you know that the reason his last name was Pan, if it was anything other than just maybe he liked the sound of it, but it was because he's named after the Greek god Pan, yeah. There's nothing to do with some tribal warrior. Don't try. And especially, I'm sorry, but like his necklace pendant are pan pipes. I know. Which they even bring up. Which is a reference to the Greek god Pan. There's no way this is in related to some tribe on Neverland. Oh my gosh. Anyway. Which is also weird that fairies, for some reason, care about- Are a, aware of- A Greek god from Earth. Yeah. Yeah, are aware of influences like that. Yeah. Anyway, they think they're all pirates, and that's why they've captured them. Then we get a humorous fight scene on trampolines. So funny. This was such a weird idea to even have and then to put in a movie. Yep. The trampoline fighting was weird. And it certainly did not make me take the natives seriously. No. I took them much less seriously than the pirates. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Pan tells Smee that they should tell them about his mother and then makes absolutely no attempt to do so. Just stands there, even though he's clearly standing right next to the chieftain. Instead, he frees himself from his bonds to help Hook in the fight. <laughs> How is that easier? In the process, his necklace comes on off and the chieftain recognizes it. Everyone then bows to Peter and Tiger Lily takes them to the memory tree. Oh, and explains the history of the Native and Pirate feud, because what I really wanted right now was an info dump. Also, don't try and justify the fact that you're having flashbacks with some stupid memory tree. I know twice in the movie. I don't care. Just have the flashbacks. It's fine. I know. It's weird. Yeah. You don't need to give me some song and dance about where they're coming from in the movie. Yeah. Like, oh, it's fine because we have this tree that does things. Yeah, we store memories in this tree. That makes more sense. Which is also weird because all of this stuff was already stored in you guys' brains. Yeah. So, Blackbeard was destroying the fairies and the land in pursuit of the fairy dust. I'm just going to say, buddy, if you want fairy dust, (laughs) maybe don't kill all the fairies. Because eventually you're going to run out of the mining supplies. Like, capture the fairies and harvest them. This is ridiculous that I have to come up with an evil mastermind (laughs) plan for you so that you don't run out of fairy dust. Get it together, buddy. Yeah. So the natives and the fairies formed an alliance. Also, the fairy prince fell in love with Blackbeard's girlfriend, Mary. I don't know how they met. I don't know how this relationship happened once again because he's the size of, like, a pinhead. So, like, I I don't understand this magical romance at all. Well, maybe they can get gigantic if you're the prince. Maybe you're not tiny if you're the prince. Well, they show, they do... Their, their courtship all happened while he was super small. Just like a super small light. Oh, that's weird. Blackbeard found Mary and the prince together and got super jealous. Even though, once again, the fairy prince was like super small. What do you think's happening, buddy? Nothing's happening. And so Blackbeard got super jealous. So the fairy prince took human form and helped her escape. Mm. in human flesh fairies can only live one day like they can live forever as fairies but as human flesh they can only live one day but apparently that was enough time that's right yeah because nine months later peter was born (laughs) the natives helped mary hide peter in the human world and then mary returned to neverland okay your fairy prince lover is dead Uh huh. You have a son. Right. You're presumably from Earth to begin with. Probs. And yet, what you decide, and and apparently there's no way of tracking you or anything. Yeah. But what you decide is that the best thing to do would be to leave your infant son into the care of people you've never met in an institutional setting. Who are terrible, by the way. Rather than staying to raise your son yourself. Yeah, I don't get what she was doing it doesn't make any sense no it was only because they needed him to be an orphan it makes absolutely no sense that his mother left him there i mean all you needed was a line about how blackbeard was tracking mary and hot on her heels and if he'd caught her he would have killed her son like yeah as it was i refuse to believe that she couldn't have hidden hid in the human world and raised her son and that would have been the better choice and the more logical one for her to make or hidden her son with the natives Well, I think they wanted it further away so that Blackbeard couldn't find her son, but he couldn't find the natives. Well, they're they're having an ongoing war with the natives, so I don't know. It it, the whole thing made no sense. (laughs) That's the thing is, I'm like the only reason you're hiding him on Earth is because you're from Earth. Yeah. So like, go raise your son like a good mother. Yeah. This isn't your fight anyway. And you're not going to be really doing much. Although, yeah. So then Peter's like, oh, my mother's still alive. And they're like, oh, yeah, she's hiding out with the fairies who were all in hiding. Yeah. And the natives won't take him to her until he proves that he's really Mary's son. And I'm like, well, if all you're going to be doing is hiding out with a bunch of fairies, you could have easily been raising your son on Earth. I know. So you're the worst mother of all time. (laughs) in order to prove that he's Mary's son, he has to fly when the third moon rises. I don't know why. It's completely arbitrary. They never explain it. And I don't know why they think that Mary's son has to be able to fly. I mean, I know he's half fairy, but like, whatever. They've just decided it anyway. He's like, I can't fly. And Tiger Lily's like, well, you just have to believe that you're the person. And if you believe it, then everyone else will believe it. Once again, I'm like, the power of belief doesn't actually change facts. Like, (laughs) You know, you're either Mary's son or you're not. Yeah. Believing it hard enough isn't going to make a difference, actually, just in case you're wondering. Unless it's just like how how the best way to con people is to believe your own lie. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. This backstory also seemed to me to be the opposite of what Peter Pan actually was in the books. Oh, one hundred percent. And your man was just a normal boy, and that was kind of the point. Yeah, like, all of these kids that nobody wanted, and they weren't special, but in this place, they were, and they could make themselves into something. Yeah. Instead of like now he's this chosen one for two different, like multiple races, and it, it's crazy. It's and he's weird. half fairy. Yeah. Which none of the lost boys were. They were all just human boys that stopped growing when they got to Neverland. Yeah. So that, it it completely is the opposite of what Peter Pan was even about. Yeah. No, it totally was. So Peter tries to fly that night by himself, but gets discouraged when he can't. He's filled with self-pity. And Hook tells him to man up because at least he knows where he's from. So now what's important, more important than believing yourself, is knowing where you're from. Because knowing where you're from is half of knowing who you are, apparently. But then right after that, right after what's super important is knowing where you're from, Hook says, if you're not the guy, if you're just you, maybe that's enough. Yeah, I know. What? It can't be both. If you're not the guy, then you don't know where you're from. So... I know. Uh, but if you believe you are, then it's enough. It's fine. This scene... And it was like, this was the scene where they decided to say what the movie was about, but they couldn't decide, so they just put three things in and hope <laughs> for the best. Yeah. I None of them really pan out very well over the course of the movie. It's not like they just keep adding things. They just don't really fill any of these in very well. Yeah. And I know the believing in yourself thing is from the, the I do believe in fairies scene. Right, yeah. But but that's different than, like, <sighs> just believe you're this thing. If they wanted the power of belief to be able to change reality, then that should have been the focus of the thing. Because in that case, you could have, the story would have been completely different. But it also became about fooling other people. That's the problem. Not people- about you believing in yourself. It became about that is the best way to make other people believe something. Well, that's completely different than actually being special or believing that you're special or anything. It's just just tricking people, and that's this, also, this pan thing. I really wish that children's movies and movies in general would get away from the focus on being special and come to terms with the fact that you can be worthy and fun and interesting, but not, like, special in... The movie sense yeah. of the word. Well, and that's uh, oh because gosh. that that's a bad focus because then what? It, I mean, a lot of people aren't that special. A lot of people aren't special. Well, well, by then, definition, ninety nine percent of people are not going to be special, right? And so, what does that make them? Then, then they have nothing. Yeah, but then, you are unique, and being unique is is also different. good. Yeah, exactly. So, anyway, so then Smee is just like wandering around by himself for some reason, and he's discovered by Blackbeard and immediately caves in. He tells them everything. Yeah, Hook's apparently unconcerned by Smee's disappearance, though, because the next morning we're subjected to him trying to flirt with Tiger Lily, which was painful and awful and something I super duper didn't care about and wasn't we didn't now need another plot added in so we have bizarre yeah so now we have blackbeard's like the ongoing stories we have Blackbeard's story Mm -hmm. peter trying to find his mom this ongoing war between the natives and the pirates and And now then they noticed that hang on we've got a human male and a human female we better put them together that are both of a marriageable age. Yeah. So, and here's the other thing the unspoken plot is that we're all waiting for Hook to somehow turn evil, we're all yeah. waiting for something to happen to him. And for him to lose his hand. And so you can't ever actually focus on what Hook is doing. Because when you look at him and look at what he's doing, all you ever see is what he becomes. And you 100% one thing you already know that he and Tiger Lily are not going to have a happy ever after. No. Those actors have zero chemistry together. Oh, I would say singly they have zero chemistry on screen (laughs) also. But also Peter is already not getting enough of the attention of no. this screenplay, so having now a romance plot that doesn't involve him at all is a ridiculous idea. Yeah. I know what is wrong with you. Because the only way it would make sense is if then they would be uh, suitable surrogate parents for him, which they're not, and they're they never, never going to be. to be, and we know that they never can be. But thankfully, then they are attacked by pirates, so the flirting has to stop. Good. Peter wakes up to find the battle happening in the village the pirates defeat the natives but they don't capture hook also the captain destroys one of my favorite lines from the original peter pan which is death is an awfully big adventure by saying death is the greatest adventure don't do that to my line for one thing oh, that's a worse version of the line and also it now it worse. means that Peter just got it from seeing this chieftain die which is awful what was awesome was that he was a little boy who just saw everything as an adventure so death is an awfully big adventure oh made me so mad and like understood that there are more than one world because he's right. already been to one yes one. Oh, I that's... hated it and it was that child's bravery and right. uh, you just destroyed it <laughs> by having this line it made me so angry when Tiger Lily is threatened, Hook tells Blackbeard that there's a map, but before he can give any more away, Peter shows up on a Neverland bird, which he has somehow tamed. Oh, these things, I do not care about uh, these birds. they're called Neverbirds. Oh, sorry, a Neverbird. <laughs> <laughs> That's when Blackbeard tells Peter that he'll never find his mother because Blackbeard has already killed her. Just as he's about to kill Peter, Hook saves him and he, Tiger Lily, and Peter escape. Tiger Lily blames everything on Hook's poor taste in friends. But then Peter accuses Tiger Lily of lying to him. And And she she says, yes, I 100% did, but I knew if I told you that your mother was dead, you would have walked away from your destiny. Here's my question. Why did you think that's what would happen? This kid has nobody else. Pirates tried to murder him after trying to enslave him, and he doesn't have anywhere else to go. So and he and he's an orphan and he's just been given a destiny and he wants to be special. And he's special. Yeah. Why would you think that him them saying, Oh, and also your mother's dead First of all, Blackbeard killed your mother and she loved the fairies. That's another reason for him to do this thing. There's no way he would have walked away from this. Guess what, Tiger Lily? You're an idiot. Also, you lied to him before he even proved that he was Mary's son. So you had him going through this test. When you... I don't... though. It's so dumb. And so then Peter says that he can't be what they want him to be because, of course, he can't fly. And he runs away. And then Hook pops back up and says he couldn't watch Tiger Lily die. And he says he should have just closed his eyes. Talk about the pot calling the kettle black. I know. Tiger Lily, you do not get to blame something that wasn't Hook's fault on Hook when you literally lied to a child about his mother still being alive. I know. That's pretty bad. An orphan, too, who's never had anybody. Yes. Like, oh, yeah, no, we'll go see her later. Yeah. In order to get him to do what you want. Yeah. Tiger Lily takes them to the Mermaid Lagoon, the one place they'll be safe from pirates because they're afraid of crocodiles. And these are, like, massive crocodiles. Yeah. So, of course, now we're all thinking, because they had, like, Hook running his hand through the water and all this. We're like, oh, his hand's going to get bitten off. It does not. Yeah. He never gets the hook during this movie, which I found to be upsetting also why are the pirates afraid of crocodiles they use flying ships and why wouldn't everyone be afraid of crocodiles uh why is everyone it- should be afraid of these crocodiles? i know why is it just pirates? They're like 50 feet long yeah also everyone should be afraid of regular crocodiles and everyone is like nobody would say we'll be safe in this crocodile infested place <laughs> because these other people are afraid of crocodiles yeah especially with the makeshift raft they had yeah that night, Peter tears up his mother's letter and throws it into the water. Oh goodness. Well, that's not much of a gesture because it was already thrown <laughs> up by someone else, but okay. And he couldn't read it anyway. Yeah, exactly. And you're <laughs> dyslexic, so. yeah. But then a crocodile pops up. And the Tiger Lily's like, Wave these light these torches around because they're afraid of the light. And I'm like, really? Crocodiles are afraid of light? Say that they're afraid of fire if you want, but they literally bathe in sunlight. During yeah. the day, in order to digest food, why would they be afraid of light? I mean, I can tell you right now, also, they're not afraid of light. The most that you can do with light is if you have a bright enough spotlight, you can hold a crocodile the same way you can hold a frog. But you have to have a really bright light for that. Peter gets knocked into the water, and some mermaids save him. The same... I mean, I know. All the same thing. There was drama and stuff, but like, all, the, then the mermaids save him. They're and, all Cara yeah. Delavine and yeah. she is so weird-looking. I get why she was a big model, because she's very weird-looking. But for movies, she's very weird-looking. Yeah. Now, we get some more of the story from Tiger Lily, because the Mermaid Lagoon holds also memories, thankfully, so we can see some more. I feel like we'd be better served. Like, we'd be more wonderstruck at this point, finding something that is not a memory receptacle. (laughs) I know. And what Tiger Lily adds to the story is nothing. It's basically that his warrior that his mother was also someone who fought alongside the fairies which i actually had already assumed so when they were like oh but you know let me tell you you what you don't understand is and i thought it was gonna be something about like how his mother actually might still be alive or something it was just like no your war your mother was a great warrior and i was like and yeah and that's it yeah that's all we got that was it. Yeah, Tiger Lily is the person in the video game who's like, you should go here because they have these things here. Come back and see me when you need another thing. Yeah. Yeah, I know, because Tiger Lily's like, she fought Blackbeard. And I'm like, Yes. Yeah. So, also, uh, this water memory thing did not look like Amanda Seyfried. No. Also, it turns out that she trained Tiger Lily. I super don't care about this, except to... All it does is raise more questions to me about her backstory. Why was she being held captive by Blackbeard if she was this great, awesome warrior? Where was she trained if she was an Earth woman? Well, was it after that, maybe? Yeah, I don't know. Don't understand. Very weird. Also, you're still a terrible mother, even though you're dead, because you should have been with your son. Okay. Also, Hook found a ship. Yeah. In the mermaid lagoon. I knew Hook popped up again, because this is where I have a note in all caps that says, close your mouth, you have more teeth than the crocodile. (laughs) yeah so he plans to pick to fix up the ship and leave back to where he came from and this is where we get the line from tiger lily home is not where you come from it's where you make it i bet down the road she'll wish she hadn't said that oh goodness when captain hook makes his home wherever he feels like hook wants the two of them to come with him but they refuse and hook leaves Peter decides he's gonna fight like his parents, and the two of them go to the fairy kingdom. Again, this was a decision he would have made way back when. I mean, I know. We didn't need all this, but again, we something had to go in the movie. He honestly probably would have done that, even not being related to anybody. Yeah. Thankfully, Tiger Lily knows exactly where the hidden fairy kingdom is. She takes him right there, and then there's a door with mysterious writing on it that Peter can read. It's in Fairy. Oh, Crazy. That's what he can read. Language but- is hereditary. Yeah, it sure is. Reading is instinctive and natural for humans. Yeah. <laughs> Which is why so many early civilizations didn't have it. I know. It's why I can't read Chinese. It's the one reason I can't read Chinese. Yeah. It's because I don't have a Chinese parent. Yeah. Of course, Blackbeard is sneaking around the cave behind him like snidely with us. <laughs> I know. And they come out of nowhere. I feel like we don't get any buildup to the fact that pirates are following them. It's just like we don't. It's right now. Yeah, and they're, they're, like, oh, they're the right thing. there. And then we see like a ton of pirates just like kind of lurking behind them. And I'm so yeah it's basically what he reads on the door is that only the prince who bears the key can pass and peter's like oh no we came all this way for nothing buddy what what were you told previously you were told that you were the son of a fairy prince and a human woman you were the prince you idiot yeah thankfully blackbeard figured it all out He was able to correct them. The key is the necklace. What? Oh, I never would have thought that necklace would come up again. I know. He easily steals the necklace and unlocks the door. They sail into the fairy hive and Blackbeard says, destroy that and we destroy them all. Don't you want to keep at least some fairies around? You would think. So not only is he a dummy, but... This is where, I mean, they are just shooting flamethrowers yeah. all over these fairies. And I was like, what a strange plot line fairy genocide in a uh, yeah. children's movie. I mean, graphic fairy genocide. I know. And Tinkerbell pops up for some reason to introduce herself to Peter. Yeah. So we know that this is like fairies that we will meet down the road in a later story. Yeah. This is the point where... At an hour and a half into the movie, I was just angry that any of it had happened because it seemed like a real net loss. It was. And I I was like, this is so pointless. Yeah. So Blackbeard starts destroying the fairies and peter's like no don't and he's like don't beg but also kneel to me and peter's like well i'm not gonna do that like, you were just begging what if yeah i know right here? well i was i would have probably but then you put it in terms that hurt my pride i know i remember I'm that kneel. i'm the son of a fairy yeah prince. in the nick of time though hook shows up and rams blackbeard ship shockingly who would have thought hook would come back No one who saw the original movie. I know. Tiger, Lily, and Blackbeard fight, sword fight, but of course it's Peter that saves the day, finally able to fly in order to save Hook from falling to his death. Then he leads the fairies into battle, who for some reason could not do it without him. Yeah, I was watching that and I was like, maybe I'm too dumb to understand why they couldn't do that without him. They're doing a lot of independent action without him, but once he rallies them. Yeah, yeah. And there's swarms of these fairies. There's tons of them. Oh my goodness, yes. I mean, you'd think that just by there being so many of them, they could pretty effectively... You know, it's like bees swarming. Yeah. I mean, come on. Totally. The fairies handily beat the pirates, including Blackbeard. Then Peter's mother appears out of a swarm of fairies somehow and tells Peter he's finally home. Oh yeah, so... Going against uh, everything the book said about his home being Earth and... him denying that in order to stay young forever. Right, exactly. So, she it's not that she pops out of the swarm of fairies. It's that the fairies create with their bodies, like, this magical apparition of yes. her. Yes, I know they wanted, like, closure with his mother's storyline, but, like, this was insane. And this was also... That, that kind of thing is also against the original book, where... In the book, you have to choose. Yeah. You can't have everything... And you don't get closure on stuff unless you choose that path. And yeah, this is just so weird. I'm like, do they, is it like a hive mind memory of her or what's going on here? Yes. Never they're, explained. They're it very similar to the Borg. <laughs> yes. The next thing we see is Peter in London talking to his friend Nibs and the other orphan boys. He takes them away to Neverland, somehow to the chagrin of Mother Superior, who can't possibly care about these boys. She's like, Peter? (laughs) Shakes her fist. Yeah. So funny. They all sail away with Hook and Tiger Lily, who are in love, I guess? And also, Hook and Peter are best friends. And then Hook, who's now Captain Hook, because he is a ship, gives the orders to go second star to the right and straight on till morning. And they all lived happily ever after. This was such a dumb... This was so unrelated to the book it's supposed to be a prequel to. I know. It was insane. And prequels are tough at the best of times. And this was just, like, such a shockingly bad movie. It wouldn't have ever been made if it wasn't a prequel. No. So I know why it had to be. But, like, oh, it was just so
1: terrible. Yeah. And it was
0: boring. It felt like it was 100% busy work. You never got to know any of the characters very well. And the characters acted incredibly inconsistently according to what the scene needed at that moment. Yeah. Yeah, they they really did. Um, that's all that it was about is just figuring out... Way. They, they didn't start with a plot, I feel like. They started with like what they wanted the ending to be mm-hmm. and and the beginning, and then they were like, now let's like connect the dots and make that happen somehow. And I just read that Joe Wright made this for his son, I, I get it but you know what you don't make kids movies well and the whole time I was watching this I was like Joe Wright you were better than this like I know. you were so much better than this and uh, I think if it had been a better script it would have been fine but you know even some of the choice like the acting choices I'm like this had to be a directorial decision that you made Yeah, that is just the worst I hope your son enjoyed it because no one else did I know well, and apparently Warner Brothers thought this would be way better than it was because the budget was 150 million. That is so high. Yeah. And there was a ton of CGI in it, so I know why it was so high, but right. the CGI didn't add to it at all. In fact, it made no, it worse they, they in a lot of ways. Yeah, if they'd relied more heavily on physical things rather than CGI, it would have been yeah. a lot better. Agreed. Looked a lot better. And it only made 128 million. And oh, I remember when it came out that it was a huge bomb. That's bad. Yeah. Well, you remember more than I did. I didn't even know this movie happened. Well, I thought it would be magical, and it wasn't. It (laughs) was terrible. I watched it after it came out on DVD, and it was just so painfully awful. Yeah. So, next up, thankfully, we'll get away from this stinker of a movie to finish up the quality franchise twilight woo! with breaking dawn part two starring all the same people but also lee pace is in it yay i love lee pace although again he can be in some real terrible movies but it's okay because i know he got a paycheck from it which makes me happy same so that's what's next on more is more for more of our podcast go to moreismorepodcast.com to contact us write us at moreismorepodcast at gmail.com